This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. back everyone to another episode of the not your doc podcast i'm your host vanessa here with producer seth and we are back again with mr not your doc himself dr charles tadros hi everybody chucky t yeah thanks seth in the house. hi vanessa chucky t in his own house actually That's right. in the midwest <laughs> institute for hearts and mind studios <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so this is uh, my second episode back after maternity leave. Yes. Of course, this is another topic born from my, you know, recent experiences as a new mother mm-hmm. and a patient, of course, um, in healthcare. And uh, my son, of course, is a patient as well, and I have to make uh, decisions about him. And um, so I I think uh, this is going to be a really relevant uh, topic to a lot of people today mm-hmm. um, because there is so much information out there about how to make good decisions about your health care and there are also a lot of opinions mm-hmm. about what are the right decisions for health care. So today the question is trust the experts? Question mark? <laughs> how to use healthy skepticism to make the right choices about your health. So um, First of all, what do we what do we mean when we say health, healthy skepticism? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean um, a critical eye, I suppose, or a critical ear when somebody is uh, making a suggestion or a recommendation. And when I say critical, I mean examined and thoughtful mm-hmm. and analyzing. Not critical as in I don't like your haircut. Um, not just an opinion. Yeah, not just an, an opinion, right. but kind of um, an uh, an analysis, maybe. What do you think of when you think of healthy skepticism, Dr. Tadros? Well, I mean, everything from an opinion, which um, during this pandemic, I think a lot of opinions were expressed. Sure. Uh, but um, but part of it is is just a way to say um, almost every field, there's, there's uh, some fields are much more set and sure. Uh-huh. That's why engineers like their field. It's all numbers out to the... Tenth digit of, of specificity and accuracy, but uh, but also uh, that there's conflicting data, um, and that's and I think that's where people get their their healthy skepticism. Right, I think there's um, there's sort of this like spectrum that a lot of people, or I mean that everyone's mm-hmm. sort of falls on in terms of how trusting they are. Right, we've right. got all the, all the way on the left is the tinfoil hat society that. Everything is a conspiracy and you're being lied to. And then all the way Mm -hmm. on the right, we've got sheep, right? Right. That need a shepherd to lead them, that just blindly follow everything. So we want to fall... Somewhere in the in the middle of that spectrum, right? Well, I'm, I'm like, full foil hat. Okay, all right. Well, Seth Seth is going to make his decisions that way. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna try and give some people some suggestions <laughs> on how to feel confident in the decisions that they're making, right? Let's think. Let's think about how you're thinking. As, yeah. uh, that's. I think that might be a better way of saying. I don't it want people him. to know what I'm thinking. That's why I wear the foil hat. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, that's another episode, folks. Uh, we'll talk about tinfoil hat show. building. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, I think uh, this has 
come up for me recently uh-huh. in having to make healthcare decisions about my son. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you, you know, when you have a child, there are a lot of decisions to make. Um, you know, boys get circumcised to circumcise or not to circumcise. Ah, there yes. are, there are vaccines. There are, um, you know, just all different kinds of healthcare mm-hmm. screenings that um, are recommended and important. And sometimes it's hard um, to feel like you know you're making the right decision. Mm-hmm, Obviously, mm-hmm. a big part of making good healthcare decisions is having a relationship mm-hmm. with a doctor that you trust that is qualified, right? So, I mean, yep. that's kind of like an overarching statement here um, that we have always valued, you know, mm-hmm. that people need to have good healthcare relationships, good primary healthcare. Um, they need to see good specialists. They need to have a trusting, open yes. relationship with their healthcare providers, mm-hmm. um, so that that sort of sets the stage for good decision making, right? That's part of it. That's certainly part of it. There's a lot of stuff that comes before that, but but yes, that's the ideal setup. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then um, we're when you when you're faced with a, a choice about healthcare, I I think it sort of breaks down in, into two parts. So there's sort of like preventive care Mm -hmm. that is uh you know a a list of recommended whether it's screenings or Mm -hmm. vaccines or um blood tests that are recommended at specific Mm -hmm. ages um that's sort of one group of care and then the other group of care is treatment for an actual you know a a symptom a concern a condition a diagnosed disease Mm -hmm. and there's kind of there are there's a process that is healthy to go through um, in order to make the best choices about that. How mm-hmm. do do I feel, do you feel like I'm I'm setting this up correctly? Yeah, there's I, for, I can take the per- perspective of of specialists. You're the, you're the new mom, the new patient, yeah. the new with ba- the new baby. Absolutely, yeah. Right. So, um, okay. So first of all, uh, let's. Hmm. How should we frame this up? I think that a good way to frame this up is um let, let's say let's say circumcision let's say my question is about whether or not to get my son circumcised mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. okay so um i can come into it with my own beliefs about mm-hmm. uh you know what's traditionally done in my family what we'd prefer to do mm-hmm. for my son um but i have a lot of questions about how does the procedure work what are the different types of procedures mm-hmm. Um, is it going to hurt? What do I need to look out for? What mm-hmm. are the risk factors? Mm-hmm. So I might ask you as my you know, child's pediatrician, what do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, you're going to give me a recommendation based on what? Yeah, so that's a very good question. So a lot of, uh, if, it depends on a variety of things, but I think most physicians would ask, first of all, um, uh, number one, it's it's oftentimes already scheduled sure. uh, to talk to you. So it's already pre- predetermined while you're in the hospital oftentimes with a new baby. Not always, but oftentimes with a new baby. It's already kind of scheduled that the, during a certain visit that this will be brought up. Uh, you could have certainly talked about this in advance, especially if you've had another children and you yep. already know the pediatrician. Uh, but sometimes this is the first time you'll have a chance to actually talk to the pediatrician about it. Um, so sometimes it's that sense of urgency. I got to get the insurance yes. will pay only this time. 
time or it's going to hurt more if we do it later or you know uh, everybody's asked me to do it now and not to d delay but i'm not so sure so that sense of urgency so if, if sometimes if you have time to think about it or time to question right. or time to check out uh, different sources uh, reliable sources uh, that's great because even if you've done legwork beforehand and kind of have a list of questions sometimes the the doc or you you're not quite you know you're just a little bit of a baby you may not want to sit down for a 15 20 minute discussion about these things yeah. uh, and sometimes the doc is like hey you know they're seeing you know three newborns and uh, they have to go back to the office and see 40 children so sometimes it's not quite so if you have if it's not a pressure of time right. which is a key element I think that's extremely important um, so if it's uh, that's the first thing number two is if you've already had a chance to to talk either through patient portal or other way to talk with uh, the professional or professionals that you're interested with their in their opinion or expressing your opinion or your questions uh, I think sometimes it's nice to some of these things don't have to be emotional they're just fact-finding missions yeah. so d d not everything has to be face-to-face -face. it can be done by email there's a lot of literature that's written from from reliable sources uh, trustworthy sources that's the first question what's trustworthy and what's not that's sure. always a big issue now that we have thousands of avenues that we can ask questions even artificial intelligence nowadays can answer these mm -hmm. questions for you um, uh, maybe not accurately and not specific to you but anyway so that's the other thing but yeah so th that's that's a very that's an excellent uh, a way of, of thinking about it absolutely this the, also the tension besides timing and, and how much time is also the the permanence right once you take off the foreskin you ain't, you ain't gonna be putting it back on yeah so it's like if you feel it's kind of like a life and death decision if you're gonna make it that you better make it right because you ain't gonna get a redo if you have it removed if you decide to leave it on you could do it days weeks months later potentially that's potentially right there for you so there's a little uh, room to think right yeah so yeah so I think that's a that that's a, a good a good first step is um, you know with healthy skepticism mm -hmm. is figuring out do I have to make a decision right now? That's right. Is it is it going to cost me more? Right. There's a lot of different ways you'd make that or things you would make that decision based on. Is mm -hmm. it going to cost me more? Is it reversible? Are there negative uh, implications mm -hmm. if I don't make a decision right now right. or if I wait? Is it going to cause harm if I wait? Right. Um, and if the answer to all of those questions or some of those questions is no you might have some time to that's right do some other things that's right so um let's say you know i've had this conversation with my pediatrician but i'm still a little bit unsure mm -hmm. so um one of the things that you mentioned is individual research right, right. um there like we said before there's a plethora including Thousands. our including our podcast by the way of sure. people with opinions right, right? Thousands. you can find thousands millions of opinions online yes um people can represent themselves as reputable sources they That's can right. represent themselves to be experts That's on right. a topic or mm -hmm. knowledgeable about a subject mm -hmm. um but it's really important when you're making healthcare decisions to pick truly verified sources not just blue check mark sources but it, it'd be an ideal that's an ideal world because i think you're a lot of science-based i think that you that you look very very factually based uh, uh, information yeah because i've known you for a few years a lot of people just want to hear an opinion that matches theirs the confirmation mm. bias yeah Right, You're, the, 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 I've read that the, the penis loses sensitivity, and uh, and if anybody tells me differently, I'm not so sure. Uh, so now I want to find somebody who kind of agrees with me or doesn't make me feel foolish for saying those statements. Sure. And nobody should make you feel, yeah. feel foolish, by the way. Uh, so that's important to, to, to say uh, that. And I think it's important for the the, the 
person on the other side of, of, of the, the table from you to not have ego, not to have ego yeah. in, in, in the process. I'm the one that sat with you. I know the best. Mm. You've listened to me for all the other kids. I've been with your family for so many years. And the answer is that's, e- that's ego. It doesn't matter that if you have questions now, you didn't have questions before. Yeah. Now is what's important. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that's what a great point to pick up or uh, to bring out, um, which is that, you know, a healthy skepticism that's going to end up in good decision making right. um, involves being aware of confirmation bias. Yes. Right. Yes, right. And then also, um, if you're going to offer advice to someone on mm-hmm. uh, what to do about something, being aware of how your ego ta- comes into play. Yep. And even I think as a patient, being aware that. Um, you know, you're, you, Dr. Tadros, are a wonderful doctor that is very self-aware and has been doing this a very long time. And you know that there is a propensity for ego to come into play. So you will purposefully mm-hmm. negate that when you're giving someone advice. Uh, but not, not everybody at, will. Well, I'm not perfect even after 30 years uh, Thirty years of doing this. Uh, so, and I, we're pretending I'm a pediatrician sure. in this case. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm not, I'm not, and I can tell, I, can, I feel kind of sometimes hurt, not always insulted, but hurt. But then I recognize, you know, people have a lot of people talking in their ear. Yeah. I'm, I'm only one voice that they're listening to or reading, uh, reading from. Sure. Uh, so I have to recognize I, I, and that's why it's important for me to understand kind of the, where does that question come from? Yeah. It's like, what are you, what, are, what is concerned? Well, I've read or I've heard or my uncle or my sure. grandfather or my, my uncle who's an OB or you know, all that stuff matters because it's, because it's generated questions in your head. And it's for me to understand what I'm, who I'm talking quote unquote talking to it's not yeah. just you but all the history of people and the things that you've people have talked to you you've spoken to and all the things that you've read make a difference in terms of uh in terms of uh how you sort uh, of arrive at your questions and your point of view right even if i may have the same answer but how i present it to you yeah that's right. absolutely mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah that human part of the mm-hmm. communication is you know kind of a, a, appealing to where that person is coming right. from as well um okay so um, you know, th- thing. So back to my decision about circumcision. Let Let's assume it's not time sensitive. It's not going to cost me more. I've got a little while to think about mm-hmm. it. I could use some individual research. We've got some really great uh, resources mm-hmm. out there. Mayo Clinic is very reputable. Yeah. You've got some other favorites. They're, they all tend to speak if they're the Mayo Clinic, the Harvards, the Cleveland Clinics, uh, the University of California, San Francisco, uh, UCLA, all these big uh, big um, um, universities and big hospital systems, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. all these uh, are tend to speak the same language mm-hmm. and tend to give the same advice. It tends to be, and this is where people sometimes have an issue with quote unquote organized medicine. Yeah. Uh, the MDs and the DOs, yeah. uh, allopaths are MDs, DOs are osteopaths. They both practice medicine like I do and uh, are surgeons, et cetera. Uh, so, quote unquote organized medicine tends to speak the same language. Yeah. Not always that we have people that, are, that don't. Um, and so this is what sometimes people say, I've heard this three other from other three other urologists or yes. three other pediatricians. I'm looking for something else yeah. or somebody to entertain my back and forth, my, my negotiating. Some yeah. people are quote unquote the negotiating. Discourse. Yeah, they're yeah. negotiating with themselves. They're kind of speaking out loud. And sometimes physicians don't quote unquote have time for that. Sure. They just want to say, let's make a decision. Is that easy? Is yes or no? It's not that yeah. hard for them. But they've done it hundreds of thousands of times they've made those conversations but it's the first time maybe the only time for you to make this conversation or ask these questions so i think that's out of respect for the the person who's 
developing, the mom who's developing in front of us, the mom and dad who are developing as, as parents, I think it's important to recognize that even though I, somebody may have delivered thousands of babies or done hundreds mm. of thousands of circumcisions over decades, it, you're, this is your, your baby, your very first sure. baby, and it's scary. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So that kind of, that kind of brings me to the next thing, which is second opinions. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this is not just, you know, getting a second physician's Mm -hmm. opinion. Sometimes like you're saying, you might Mm -hmm. want to ask another trusted individual in your Mm -hmm. life what their opinion Mm -hmm. is, other moms, family members, Mm -hmm. what their experience has been like, and then bring that to your, your doctor or Mm -hmm. incorporate it into a conversation that you have with another doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes, uh, there is, hesitancy i'm definitely this kind of person i want everybody to like me and to Mm -hmm. think that i'm agreeable Mm -hmm. and um dependable and reliable and all of those things so if i have an established relationship with the physician Mm -hmm. i would struggle to um feel Mm -hmm. like it's okay for me to go get a second opinion that the Mm -hmm. doctor might think that i'm like going behind their back or something so how how would you tell people to think about that? Or how would you well, tell me I'm, as a new mom I'm, to think about that? The great thing as a generalist, as an internist or quote unquote pediatrician, or as I right. play one. Whatever you are right now. Right. You play one on is, TV. Is that I'm a generalist. <laughs> I'm not the specialist. So I have no problems. 99.9% of the time I have no problems. People seeking a specialist for an opinion about yeah. something I said or thought about or uh, wasn't sure about. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. So I don't have ego in it because I've not had ego in it for decades because I always learn from all the specialists that my patients go to see and I get the information back and right. consultation notes, et cetera. So I always learn. Um, and specialists are sometimes as varied as, as sometimes anybody else out there. A lot of them, are MDs and DOs that are specialists, tend to talk the same talk, walk the same walk. There's some, some sometimes small deviations uh, in, in terms of, uh, of what they'll say from each other, but they tend to say the similar things. Mm-hmm. Small numbers of people, and those, are out, uh, those people stand out, not outliers, but stand out to patients who say, I wanted to you know, decide about how I can treat the, my coronavirus disease without, you know, X, Y, and Z. Can I do X, P, D, Q? And none of the doctors here would listen to me or nurse practitioners, so I'm going to go somewhere else or yeah. read or text somebody else. And so they are looking for another opinion, another, right. another, another uh, that's not uh, the, the party, quote, unquote, party, party, par- line. party line. Mm-hmm. And that's important to recognize that. We've, we've certainly in the last few years, over many years, but certainly the last three years during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of, uh, of, 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 of being able to voice uh, and being supported to voice uh, your dissent with the quote-unquote party line sure. or, or traditional uh, 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 medicine, yeah. medical opinions, yeah. Yeah, I think in, that's kind of a, a blessing and a curse, right? It is, it is. Um, Because, again, there, there's so much information and mm-hmm. so many opinions. Um, there, it, it was kind of useful to have one consistent message. It was much easier in a lot it, of ways. Yeah, exactly, for us all to think that, Even okay, if it came out just, to a bad outcome, all, yeah. of us, all of us had the same, same risk, right. and we all kind of be in the same boat, and we were kind of all rowing the same similar way, and it was much more comforting. But, yes, right. that's a, now it's kind of a, it feels like mayhem in yeah. a lot of ways. Yes. Absolutely, and I, de- I definitely feel like parenting decisions especially are mm-hmm. feeling that way where the stakes are, the stakes are so high. Yes. And that you kind of feel a, um, a pressure to become a, an, an expert in, in things that I have no training on. That's and right. That the, you know, the des- decisions all have to be, you know, up to me. So. Well, I want to modify that because we, sometimes we should have started this at the beginning. The quote unquote research, the word research, you know, do your own research, which is what we hear a lot of different things. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mantra. It sounds good. It is extremely dangerous. 
even whenever I, for instance, during the pandemic as a general internist, as I read the literature about what was coming out, I recognized, even though I, you know, I like to read about this stuff and I've, I've dealt with other virus uh, virus issues. I'm not a I'm not a uh, I, I'm not a specialist in infectious disease. I'm not a virologist, mm-hmm. uh, but that I recognized. Even my reading the, the, the literature and my listening to experts, still I was still not as well informed about all the nuances. Yes. Maybe the big picture I could understand, but some of the nuances that. Uh, and so, that when when somebody who has no training in medicine, no training in viral, no training in in, in, uh, in infectious disease, says they do quote unquote do their own research after a few days or a few weeks, they they're not even close to, right. to, to understanding the, the 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 topic or the literature or the validity of the literature because yes. a lot of crap is published. Right. Uh, Everything from newspapers to big journals like the ones I'm, I read. Uh, so that's the problem we run into. Quote unquote, do your own research. I uh, mean, uh, you know, understand more, ask, find more questions, right. uh, uh, you know, ask more people does not really mean that you have an answer that that uh, that uh, that uh, goes against a, a professional who's done it for a living yeah. uh, for years. So that's the problem we run into. We, we're not we're not equ- I'm not equivalent to a virologist. I'm not equivalent to an infectious disease specialist. I'm not equivalent to you know a research PhD right. and stuff like that. So I, I we got to be careful about how we use you know do your own research and right. stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of that kind of comes back to like what the purpose are a lot of these recommendations mm-hmm. and vaccine mm-hmm. schedules and things like that is that those are uh you know the all of the wealth of knowledge the entire you know body of work of these Mm -hmm. you know fields has been distilled down into a recommendation that seems that is uh in in effort to get the best outcomes for the the highest number of people can you talk a little bit about how um those recommendations are arrived mm-hmm. at and why you, for the most part, want to follow them as a physician. Yeah, and, and people, and I would we'll just say it out loud, people don't, often, a lot of people, especially recently, like I mentioned, don't trust the government. That includes the CDC, yeah. the NIH. Yeah. They don't trust just trust big pharmacy companies, big pharma, uh, Pfizer, and, 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 and all the other yeah. ones, and Merck and other ones. They don't trust uh, sometimes a physician who may have a vested interest, a financial interest, right. And, 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 and recommending certain things mm-hmm. uh, or who's employed or the, the, right. the, the, the physician's employed by a big corporation or big medical group. Uh, so this is a, or somebody who's paid uh, to, to, to talk or somebody who has a book out mm-hmm. uh, that's a specialist and an expert but has a book out and wants to quote unquote sell books. Yeah. So this is part of the problem. Then who do you turn to? Okay. You know, this is when you end up turning to your, your relatives, your friends, your uncle, all these people and stuff like that because you've just eliminated all the real specialists that have done this for a living uh the, the you know the 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 the, the big farm that's developed stuff over decades sure. uh platforms you know uh, for to for uh, for immunization um and all the and the government governmental bodies that that's what they do for a living yeah. etc so now we've eliminated everybody so now it's everybody and their mothers equivalent to all the other people that are just specials because now we think that they're all on the same plane and they're right. not they're not so that's that's one thing uh so but 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 by, by the same token, we got to understand that people are worried yes. that uh, that the, there are a lot of some, uh, other people who are supposed to quote unquote look out for the best interests have other motivations, mm-hmm. hidden motivations, and so that's some of the. Uh, and I think as an extremely, I th- I'm glad you brought this up. I think this is an extremely big problem that we've had in the United States over a long time is that people that we're supposed to trust uh, uh, that have uh, that have. Uh, uh, 
lied and cheated about the research or have uh, left government and gone to work for much more money from private industry or uh, or uh, own a lab and therefore that's you know they're ordering lab tests and sending it to that lab all these people have broken the trust of the American public uh, in a variety of ways not just in medical care but also in financial and finances with Enron and a bunch of other things so I think we we I think this is the this is the the, the fallout of years and years of years of, 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 of bad actions by a few small bad actors, but it's really painted everybody with the same brush. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, but whenever it comes to, 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 to making recommendations about, about, uh, about, um, about immunizations and immunization schedules, um, I won't talk about the, 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 the coronavirus specifically uh, because it was an emergency use and stuff like that. Sure. But in general, the stuff that we've all used, almost all of us have had that's within earshot of this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, uh, measles, mumps, rubella, MMR, TDP, uh, tetanus, diphtheria, acellular pertussis. Uh, so um, measles, mumps, rubella, and yeah, mm-hmm. polio, uh, uh, ch- uh, uh, chicken pox vaccine, yeah. and for older p- folks, uh, the, the shingles. shingles vaccine, um, hepatitis uh, a, B, uh, a and B vaccines against hepatitis A, um, Herpes simplex virus, HSV uh, vac- uh, vaccinations. Uh, I'm, sorry, no, I'm sorry, HPV. Not her- yeah. We don't have we don't have, we don't have <laughs> right. anything against herpes. Sorry, right. sorry. Uh, I know it was exciting for a second, but HPV. Disinformation. Human, We're getting flagged human, right sorry, now. Human, human papilloma <laughs> virus, which increases the risk of oral cancers, rectal cancers, vaginal cancers, yeah. depending where the, the HPV uh, virus lands. So we have these fan- unbelievably fantastic vaccines. I'm not even talking about typhus and and uh, some of the other uh, 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 tropical and uh, zoonotic sure. diseases, even vaccinations for our, our for our for our animals and pets, uh, and stuff like that. It's unbelievable the stuff that's happened over the last 150 years uh, in terms of vaccinations. Um, uh, those and and it's not that they're perfect. It's not that they cover uh, the disease perfectly. It's not that they don't have side effects for a select uh, number of people. But on average, when you're doing population immunization for thousands and millions of people, on average, we're better off that we have polio vaccinations. Yeah. And uh, and uh, HPV and and measles, mumps, rubella, and, and polio and mm-hmm. tetanus, lockjaw. You know how many lockjaw cases are there in the United States per year? Six, yeah. maybe. You know this is rabies. You know we, we're we're so blessed to have these from and there's, there's oftentimes universities and big pharma that developed and, and produced and 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 and, uh, and uh, uh, d- delivered them, delivered yeah. dispensed them uh, to us. Um, so I think on average. On average, this is not every single person, but on average, we're we're way ahead because of vaccinations. Yeah, uh, we're looking for vaccines against cancers. Uh, we're you know all these things. These are you know this is I think it's important to to, to understand. Uh, we're not dumping vaccines anytime soon. Yeah. The, the, the mRNA vaccines that were developed, uh, that were first come out for human use, they've been developed over many d- years, by the way, but first were implemented under the Emergency Use Act during the pandemic. Um, it's it's different uh, platform than what we're used to uh, for how they developed most other vaccines. Uh, so, uh, but, but uh, and, and I can see why people are scared. They think it just was developed just in, as an mm. urgent thing. But the, the, the platform, how we use mRNA to make vaccines has been around for quite a while. 
but on, in large multi-nation use, it's only in the last three years uh, or so. So that's the scary stuff for people. I don't blame them. I think I think we missed, and I wrote a blog about this, I think we missed an enormous opportunity to educate the American public about all sorts of things, uh, including health care, uh, their own health, their own, yeah. and, and vaccines also, including understanding vi- this virus as well as other viruses that yeah. infect us. Yeah. So to kind of bring this back to, um, you know, our case here, mm-hmm. recommendations are based on populate, population That's level right. data, correct? Yeah, thousands, if not hundreds thousands, of thousands. Hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of people. Of people. Right. So it, there's this tension between mm-hmm. making decisions for individuals right. based on recommendations that are born out of population mm-hmm. level That's right. data. So I I think it's important to keep that in mm-hmm. consideration, especially as a patient, right. um, that it's relevant. It is okay. It's permissible for you to ask questions. Well, I want them. I want. My, yeah. I love it when my patients ask questions. Yeah. Um, I recognize when, uh, but I also have a personality and ran a practice that allowed time for these things. Most physicians who have to cover their overhead, et cetera, et cetera, and employ people and be in practice next next week. Can, don't have the time to sit down and have a back and forth like we're doing in this yeah. podcast, like equivalent of what you'd have in a, a podcast, for instance, sure. if you brought in a couple of experts that disagree with each other. Yeah. Okay, so I think that ultimately then, um, you know, the the way that I would make my decision mm-hmm. about uh, whether or not and when to circumcise my child would come down to this the same formula that you use to make a lot of important mm-hmm. decisions in life, right? Mm-hmm. right. Which is that I'm, I'm going to collect the best data that I can. Mm-hmm. I'm going to understand that there's pros and cons to every single choice that I make. Well, you start out with your value system, which yeah. includes your social network and of your fam- family history of what's happening in your family. Right. All that stuff. Some people yeah. want to go against their family. It goes against what their society tells them. But yeah. a lot of people tend to follow it. Yeah. But yes, but yes. But then then you get the data that you think is valid. Right. And I, and I weigh my options, mm-hmm. right? I consider the pros and cons of both. Mm-hmm. And I have to consider that there's unknowns, That's right? right? There are lots and lots of unknown variables. Some mm-hmm. um, some choices have fewer unknowns, and the mm-hmm. the choices are more clear cut and straightforward. Mm-hmm. And those are the easy choices to make. And mm-hmm. some things are there are lots there are a lot more unknowns. Well, it's not have, just unknowns, but unknown unknowns that you don't yeah, even so know. You don't even know. You, that you, you don't even don't know. know to ask yeah. the question about why something's unknown. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you're even further in the dark than you ever imagined. But right. yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but then I, I I think the the rest of it I I you know have to I have to make my decision with um, you know confidence and then some you know level of giving myself permission to make the choice mm-hmm. and then let it be right yeah that's the that's the healthiest that's the healthiest <laughs> so, mental that's right. the healthiest mental uh, yeah I call it straddling the fence yeah when you're straddling the fence. When you know you're on one side of the fence or the other, it's fairly it's easy. easy. It's yeah. fairly, relatively easy. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes society doesn't like you to be on the other side of the fence from them, but that's that's another discussion. But but the quickie answer is, whenever you're straddling the fence, should I, shouldn't I, especially for somebody else, yeah. where you harm somebody else, you know, somebody else may harm, be harmed by your decision or indecision right. or lack of stuff. That's that's enormous weight, an enormous burden. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I I think that I so far, you know, have 
that's kind of how I've approached it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've um, I've relied on the people whose opinions I value. Right. I've taken good partners in the medical field. I've done mm-hmm. some research of my own. I've taken the appropriate time to make my decision. And then ultimately I've made a choice mm-hmm. and I have right. made my choice and yep. accept. You know, I accept whatever is going to come next. And hopefully so, you're not in isolation. Hopefully you have your, your like, you, you make a choice with your husband in this. Oh, one yeah, case, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Because For sure. a, lot of people, a lot of people feel, well, sometimes because they're maybe more medically interested or medically knowledgeable, they feel like everybody's looking to them to make the decision. Yeah. Or they're the mom. Right, yeah, yeah, tends yeah. tends to make the decision for the whole household, by the way, for, for sure. healthcare, not just yeah. your, 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 just not your And son. then, of course, in some, you know, in, in some uh, families or partnerships or relationships, one person may be more interested right. in it than the other or have that's a stronger right. opinion than the other right. person. So, of course, that's a dynamic to work out to when you're making these big, important decisions about things. But ultimately... Um, that's kind of like a, a model that should set you up well for that's it. That's right. Let's um let's pivot for a second sure. to um a you know a, a decision about a, a a treatment for an existing disease. Okay. Um, so let's say uh, uh you're my you know you're my primary care physician yes. and I've just gotten a diagnosis. You you sent me to get a biopsy for something that was scary looking. We've just gotten a diagnosis. Uh-huh. It is cancerous. There. Is treatment that needs to happen? Yes. Um, how how would you encourage me to move forward from there if time is of the essence? Yeah. So um, first of all, I'm I'm always questioning. I, I my personality is to question everything. Yeah. Question: Was it the right patient? Was it the right biopsy? Was it uh, is it the right pathology? Is it the right answer? Uh, uh, does it make sense? And every every good physician will do this. Just because I, you, I, we send you off to a radiologist uh, who does an interventional radiology procedure and finds a, a lesion with a needle and gets a couple of core samples or aspirates something, sends it off to pathology, comes back as cancer. I don't always automatically, 90, 98% of the time, 99% of 99.9% of the time, it, it's accurate and that's what we're going to sure. work off of. A small, small, small percentage of the time, uh, it's, it's not... It doesn't match what we what we we thought, um, and so it, you have a healthy skepticism right, a healthy of what skepticism. the recommendation is. That's okay, right. love so I, it. So that's that's the first thing. So yeah, if something comes back and doesn't make sense uh, to me for the picture that I, I I believe that I'm looking at, I have to. Sometimes you pick up the phone, you call the radio the the, the, the interventional radiologist, said, "Hey, did you think that you got the lesion?" Call the pathologist and stuff like that. Oncologists will do this all the time, by the way. Um, they, they do rounds where they actually will talk about difficult cases mm-hmm. and, and review everything from square one, uh, and uh, which is a healthy way of, of, of approaching anything that's is questionable, difficult, yeah. uh, troublesome. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, th- that's the first thing. Um, th- so from there, then I want to I want to make sure that I understand the patients. The the, uh, the I, I hopefully have the patient in front of me. It's not virtual. Uh, I just grind my teeth about virtual uh, whenever it comes to these difficult decisions and whenever you're talking about something new or something a new patient or a new diagnosis or a difficult diagnosis, um, uh, quote unquote bad diagnosis. Uh, so I want somebody in, in front of me, and I need to know the person's uh, values. I need to know the person education all sorts of stuff so if they're an engineer or if there's if they're 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 an 18 year old uh, that's you know just out of high school I may talk to them differently uh, to get them the same information to get yeah. make sure that they have this uh, an understanding why I believe that they can make a wise choice for themselves 
the, the, the kind of the ethics is that almost we believe that everybody makes the best choice for themselves with the available knowledge right. that they have. Right. Not always true. Yeah. Obviously, people have addictions. They make terrible choices for themselves for now and the future and stuff like that. So we have and people under stress and people under uh, financial stress, and they sometimes will pick stuff that does not that may not make sense if they had more money or et cetera. Not always more information is important. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. more information is like, well, more information, yeah. more information. Sometimes it's uh, we need to step back and we need to understand the context of the, which the patient's receiving the information. You know, are they, did you get bad news and their heads are spinning and I'm yeah. trying to talk about options? Maybe not at the best time to talk about options. Should they have somebody else sitting in with them who has their best interest in mind, a mother, father, brother, sister, minister, somebody else, uh, uh, wife, husband, some, you know, uh, mom, dad, sitting in with them to another set of ears uh, and another set of eyes uh, so they, that we have other, so that people can ask, the patient can ask questions after they leave the office to somebody else who has sat in on, actually listened to the whole conversation and watched the, uh, watched uh, all the, all the, 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 the handouts, et cetera. So all these things matter to me. Uh, um, the next thing is some people, I think I'm just throwing a pebble into the pond. You have prostate cancer. Well, it's going to be fine. You know, we're, you know, it's, it's in, an, in, an, in, two out of your 12 biopsies, the Gleason score is low. Uh, you're otherwise healthy. You know, you're going to do very well with no matter where I send you and whichever urologist. But for them, it feels like I threw a boulder into their pond yeah. because they've never had cancer. Yeah. They exercise every day and they eat veg- yeah. vegetables all the time. They thought they could avoid all this yeah. crap. So for them, I, I, I you know, I, I threw a boulder and destroyed their, 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 their the placid pond, yeah. whereas I thought it was like, geez, this is the best diagnosis, this is the best diagnosis and prognosis I could give you. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I've had people. Why aren't you happy and yeah, thanking I'm like, me? I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, hey, this is good news and stuff like that. So, uh, so I have to recognize that I may not be talking to uh, a person with my value system or my, mm. my you know, my, my my perspective. Yeah. Uh, so that's the next thing. Uh, the next thing is I want to know um, if I'm going to, um, 99% of the time, I'm going to send them to a specialist, for instance. Um, uh, I want to know, you know, if they already have a specialist in themselves or the family, if it's a urologist, gynecologist, oncologist, whatever, if somebody else seen a specialist that that they like, uh, you know, already they have a relationship with, whether it's uh, the, the patient themselves or their relatives. Number next is what what medical system they want to be involved in. In St. Louis, we have a few big medical systems, you know, SSM, BJC, Mercy, St. Luke's. Uh, so I want to know uh, which medical system they want to belong to because I want to keep everything kind of under one roof. Yeah. I want to keep everything under one roof. Even though electronic medical records are supposed to talk to each other between medical systems, they, 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 they and they do, is that sometimes it's harder to get a little bit of data. The, the flow, the workflow for a physician sometimes is interrupted if you have to get stuff from another system, another medical group, um, another medical system. So that's the next thing. How close, some people have a hard time getting to appointments, getting to stuff, so how close do they want to be? Do they want to go down to the big university down in the city where it's harder to park and you have to work further? Or would you rather have uh, you know an, a, 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 a hospital closer to home may not have the university uh, 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 expertise, but it, you can get there and it's more comfortable, it's more comforting, your loved ones can drive with you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All these things matter. Right. Um, uh, uh, and sometimes I will, and I will say, if I, I think that they're making a, a choice, and almost all these patients are patients I've known for years, uh, if I think that they're making a choice that may have consequences near term and especially long term that they can't, they may not be able to see, they may not 
be able to project, but I can project because of my history with them and my history with other patients um, that if they have esophageal cancer, for instance, and and uh, and and, and uh, you know, you may not want to be in a small community hospital, you know, thirty miles out of St. Louis. You may want to go to the to the big big guys and gals mm. because you know it's a difficult cancer, it's a yeah. difficult surgery, it's a difficult prognosis, a difficult recovery, and stuff like that. So instead of me trying to send them somewhere where it's maybe more comfortable to them because that's what they know. Uh, and then later, whenever things go bad, and it's six months, a year, two years, then I send them to the university. I sometimes rather have them start off in the university right away. Yeah. Uh, so that's just my the way I kind of ping pong things in my head. Yeah. So I kind of to recap that I think uh, what I'm getting for you is that a a good doctor <laughs> is mm. going to have healthy skepticism on your behalf, right? Sure. So I heard I heard you say some really interesting things. So um, you know that one when you are helping a patient make a decision mm-hmm. or come up with the best course sure. of action to you yeah. know, for whatever their treatment should be, you're thinking about, does the diagnosis make sense? Does right. the prognosis make sense? Is right. it the right, do do we have all of the right information here? Is it all accurate? Right. That's a really important first question. Yes, basic, yeah. Some yeah. people skip ahead to the, the treatment and the people you're yeah. talking to. And I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes, I'm like, hey, you yeah. know, this came back much less uh, aggressive than I expected or, or di- didn't pick up a cancer that we, we believe is still there. Right. So let's, you know, let me, before I, you know, go go yeah. go down that road, let me back up and ask uh, the, the people who worked with you already sure. about their opinion or about what they see. So next, next I heard you talking about, you know, sort of the conditions in which this patient is having to make this choice, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, is it the best time, you know, are they, are they in shock? Is it the best time for them to be making the choice? That's right. Should they have someone else sit with them or is the right, are the right people present to help make that good choice? Um, and then also, uh, you know, the, the, the boulder versus pebble sort of metaphor here that you guys have different perspectives, right? right. A good doctor will see that I have a different perspective than my patient does. I've seen hundreds of these cases, I think I'm presenting them with, you know, the best possible outcome, right. the best possible news. But to them, it's it's earth shattering. That's it's right. cancer. It's it's very scary. That's right. So um, help, helping them to, you know, sort of, sort of navigate that as well, too. And then, of course, um, you know, taking into consideration cost, medical systems, um, the, you know, the distance to where they might get treatment yep. or... Uh, the need for specific expertise to get mm-hmm. the best treatment. Mm-hmm. So um, all of that mm-hmm. is, um, I just think it's awesome to have access to your doctor brain, of course, again, to understand yeah. the different steps that, you know, you're and you're you thinking through and a lot of good doctors are thinking through to help you make a good choice. And, I mean, I'm blessed that I trained in St. Louis. So I, and I kind of, you know, since 86, I've kind of grew up most of my life in St. Louis. So I kind of know the system, et cetera. And, and it's, it is important um, I remind people you can go to three specialists that are that don't communicate with each other and you'll still get bad care because mm. because everybody's got their little silos and they yep. don't communicate and even though they have their own expertise is, is is fantastic so it's important to kind of be able to, and sometimes it's kind of fall on the patient who's sick unfortunately mm. or their family or loved ones to kind of coordinate some of this stuff uh, to, to kind of uh, to bring the troops around to talk to each other get the data transferred uh, more you know for, uh, more easily and stuff like that I know physicians have office uh, office uh, uh, administrative people that kind of try to lay down the path for them so everything's uh, present at the before the office visit or at the time of the office visit a lot of times it doesn't happen or doesn't happen fast enough yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so to um, kind of wrap up here, again, we wanted to encourage people to, you know, fall somewhere on this spectrum between tinfoil hat society and being skeptical of absolutely everything and falling into this trap of mm-hmm. feeling like you have to become your own expert, which we right. discussed is not, it's kind of a fallacy. You you I, can, it is impossible for you to know it, as it, much and know the nuances I mean, so some, well. people, some people like that they are ignorant of the facts, ignorant being a positive thing is, yeah. is not knowing. Yeah. Not because they, then their mind is open to all possibilities and potentials. Sure. Whereas the physician, they, they're looking at whomever, the government person is very narrow in their focus yeah. and already had their mind made up, you know, 20 years ago and they just repeat the same thing for every single person exactly so uh, there there but we have to be we, and and so for me the way i see it for patients is that i'm they force me to educate myself to make sure if i am going to say something that i know that it's the most recent data right. and the most recent information and why why i would say this instead of something else and if somebody else brings up you know i, I and I, once again i've learned well, it's been years that i've learned not to put my ego if somebody brings up something from the internet uh, traditionally physicians you know like ah, i don't want to yeah know, the internet. right right right, right. <laughs> for me to say the internet knows the total totality of, of human knowledge it yeah. knows more that quote unquote knows more than i do but what i do better than the internet is that i'm specific to you yeah. i know your values or you're sitting in front of me and stuff like that so just doing a search and this is where ai artificial intelligence comes in doing a search is not enough right. so it has to be specific to you in this state in this value system etc yeah. with your family issues all the th- things your emotions right. and stuff like that so that's what i kind of enjoy that's a tweak uh, that's a piece that i i've enjoyed for years yeah, yeah. So again, you know, encouraging people to fall somewhere along, mm-hmm. more in the middle of that spectrum between mm-hmm. like totally distrusting mm-hmm. and to blindly trusting. Right? right? We don't we don't want to encourage either no. extreme. It's right. it's it's healthy, a healthy level of skepticism, right. a healthy level of critical analysis right. to understand what your choices are, right. how much right. time you have. Right. Um, what the to to make a decision? Your goal is to make decisions under the best possible circumstances, that's yeah, right? That's correct. Um, so I mean, personally, as a as a patient, I find that to be a a, a hopeful outcome for things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's a framework that I can think about these, you know, healthcare decisions. I'm going to have to keep making healthcare decisions right. for my son until he's 18 years old. For, yeah. Um, well, I mean, in co- cooperation with him when he's old enough to consider it as that's well right. too, but that's a lot of choices to have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certainly consequences to all those choices. So mm-hmm. um, I'm glad to have heard your perspective as a physician, the things mm-hmm. that you take into consideration. Sure. And also for us to have this opportunity to sort of talk through, you know, the best way to, harness my own healthy skepticism to make those good choices yeah no I, I i know you love to read and 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 when we sit and talk um you know uh because i'm not your physician i'm not your child's physician yeah. we can sit and talk about stuff it's leisurely the typical uh you know uh, person who's running an office or people that are running an office uh, um, uh, recognize that there are a lot of worried moms new moms and stuff yeah. like that and they recognize that 98 percent of them are going to do what's the traditional uh, what's traditionally done in terms of immunizations whatever it is and they'll believe in stuff like that the 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 small percentage of people say i'm not sure i don't know i don't trust and that's uh, those are the people that should slow down and and and, um have a a positive positive experience with their with their their lovely new mom and absolutely as a patient it is your right to ask these questions to understand the treatments to understand what the options are 
Um, you know, there's there's nothing we've talked about power imbalance and, mm-hmm. you know, relationship dynamics before. There's nothing healthy about, you know, feeling like you are pushed into a corner that you have to make a snap decision that you're not comfortable with. Right. Um, right. So certainly we want to empower people with the tools to make their mm-hmm. own choices and to it's ask hard, good questions. It's hard to it's, it's hard to say whenever you've. You're fasting and you come in, or you're, you're you know you're you're paid your copay and you've been sitting in the in the in the in the room for a half hour and somebody comes in and all of a sudden you don't want to be there you don't you want to have ask more questions but things are go, already going ahead to say er thanks but no thanks I'll I'll make another appointment or let me you know stuff like that. so yeah. it's very hard uh, hopefully things don't reach that point where everybody's made a you know choice and stuff like that and and they've made an appointment but hopefully that that something has been done in advance to help ease your concerns or answer your questions sure. uh, stuff like that but yes uh, yeah so it's it's it is hard it is hard I've, I've uh, it's hard to whether you're doing it at a used car dealership or, or in your doctor's office yes. and say thanks but no you know I know we're 80% of the way there but now I'm not so sure let me let me back out and politely step away sure all right guys so that's another episode of the not your doc podcast Mm -hmm. um again we want to encourage people to give us feedback on how we're doing let us know if you have any questions uh not your doc pod at gmail.com you can shoot us an email you can listen to the pod of course on spotify and youtube you can check us out on our website notyourdoc.com. seth has put together an amazing website for us um, yeah. with bios, all of Dr. Tadros's blog posts, the musings yeah. of that mind of his. <laughs> I think the, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. If you uh, do his I, how you say I got nowhere to go now because yeah. it's already amazing. It is already amazing. <laughs> Maxed out. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, got all of our podcast episodes on it. Um, of course, more great stuff to come. We're going to have more experts. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about, um, you know, all kinds of new stuff going it's forward fun. this season. So. Yeah, every time we're here, I have more questions and more podcasts for, for those questions. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Um, I'm your host, Vanessa, signing off for Seth, the producer, and Dr. Charles Tadros, Mr. Not Your Doc himself. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.